Hello, gamer friends. It's Audio Nerd 64, and today we're doing something a little bit different. We've got a spoiler cast with an illustrious guest. You know him, you love him. We'll introduce him in a second. We were originally going to put this in a regular episode, but we enjoyed it so much. We're going to drop this as a bonus and get back to our regularly scheduled programming early next week. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Maybe watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier before you dig into this. We're welcoming back friend of the show, repeat guest, incredible comic nerd, and also Marvel super fan, Jay, formerly known as a bunch of different things. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to get into it. You can go listen to the previous You episodes. know what his voice sounds like. Please welcome back probably the funniest person that I follow on Twitter. <laughs> No, that's true. The tweets, the tweets are, are usually fine. So I can't like all of them. <laughs> I have too much blue checks following me. They're, they're usually fire. They're usually I was fire. hooting and hollering the other day. <laughs> that's the good thing about my old Twitter account getting banned. So I had a lot of blue checks who followed me too. And now that I'm kind of just like, I'm a, a Loby account again, I can just I can say whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Like I, No one's, no one's going to follow my account knowing that I tweeted a meme calling... Captain Falcon, a coon. Like, no one's a follow my account knowing that. Like, so it's fine. <laughs> Whew. Also, that <laughs> gift of the T'Challa screenshot. <laughs> I love that screenshot. Just a good... <laughs> Yo. <laughs> the first time you used it. And, you know, it's, it, it's funny like because I think a lot of Black nerds were so critical of that Black Panther film. But like the way that the way that it really did like leave a kind of like lasting pop culture impact is never gonna go away. Like, like it's gonna the memes that have come out of it. Like it's gonna be a. I remember fondly, you know, like I watched that movie and like other than like the CIA thing and you know T'Challa like having weird neoliberalistics, like it's a very well made and entertaining film. <laughs> that scene where they're all like on the Panther clips and yeah. doing their dance, I'm just like, yo, this is fire. This is dope. The Wakanda's real. I, Hope they wouldn't let me in, but like I want to see a YouTube video of that. <laughs> Listen, the way I would be camping out in a refugee camp outside of Wakanda, waiting for my turn to get in. Anyway, we're here to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the White Wolf, and now that we have seen all the episodes. We're not going to do what we did last time for WandaVision, which was basically walk through every episode because there was no real big mystery in this. It was a pretty straightforward yeah. action film, which essentially. Is fine. It's fine. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with that. I think there is one lingering mystery from the show that that is. So we can just get in the spoilers right away, right? This, this is a spoiler cast. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's done. We've we, we ripped the band aid off. I. Do not understand why Sharon Carter took Sam and Bucky to her secret super soldier lab. No, I can't like that doesn't make any sense. No. The best case scenario is that like even if they didn't kill her guy, like they would have arrested him. They would have busted up the lab, set her work back. Like I like I low-key feel like her being the power broker was like a like a mid-production choice. Like something about it just feels like it just doesn't feel like they really thought that went all the way through. 
I think that the original plot line is what explains all of this. I learned this after the fact. I didn't know this going in. Apparently, the original plot was that the Flag Smashers were planning to replicate Thanos' work by recreating some kind of deadly disease that would kill 50% of the population. And because of COVID, they pulled the storyline. Oh. So I heard that part of the plot was that there was going to be a pandemic storyline that there was some kind of like viral pandemic running through the refugee camps of the, I guess the returned or displaced people because of the, um, the blip. Um, but I had not heard that they were going to try to go full Thanos and kill some people. I think that they were like planning to weaponize it in some way because it was impacting the refugee folks. It was, it was gonna, I think that flag smasher was supposed to be a more transparently villainous, person from jump which also might explain why they did the classic marvel like the villain is completely right and also we have to kill him right right now. so yeah we can't have um <laughs> yeah we can't have their ideology coming back up they, they have to go you know and the funny thing was and I, you know there was a lot of discourse like well the flag smashers are bad because they killed people right number one that, that argument holds no truck with me because literally the first thing we see the falcon do is kill people Right. It doesn't matter that like, right. it doesn't matter that, like <laughs> they're mercenaries or whatever. Like at a certain point, like if you turned on the TV and there was just like a video of a soldier wearing wings, like shooting people over Tunisia, you'd be like, this is not okay. You'd be like, this is weird. And this guy's a superhero? Like what? So the fact that like she's killing people, like he's killing people the Air Force tell him to kill, right? Like Sam Wilson has not ideologically vetted whoever these people are. Like, yeah, Batrock works for them. Batrock is bad. Like, he's just doing this because the Air Force is paying him to do it. That's it. He's a merc- He's literally a mercenary. He's a mercenary. And there's plenty of great pieces of fiction about mercenaries, but like, we don't usually call them superheroes. Right? So I think like that's where we have to start. Number one, like, and he's a broke mercenary too. So it's like, wow, you're really just doing this because you love America. You just love going where all the same. Like, that was like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because there's a lot of shit. That- well, yeah, because it's like, what is the difference between what Sam does and what the president does? Sam's getting a paycheck. That's literally really? it. That's honestly it. No, Sam. Sam yeah. has the support of the state, whereas <laughs> <laughs> certain aspects of the state like what the Punisher does, but can't, but can't condone it. Yeah. It's not even like the state is like, oh, hey, Sam, go stop these drug smugglers from creating drugs that are like destroying our inner cities. They're just like, no, 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 don't worry about that. Like, you're going to go do an Africa mission for us. And you can't violate Libyan airspace. <laughs> um, and we're going to pay you $300 because you're an independent contractor. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you got to come out the gate addressing the elephant in the room is this shit. It, it's, it's, it's propaganda. I have an apology that I need to make regarding that. Um, right before the show aired, just based on the trailer, right? Um, someone tweeted, they're just like, oh my God, look at this propaganda. And I, and I, and I pushed back and I shouldn't have, because my pushback was, I think that it makes people from the left look goofy when you immediately just call something propaganda just based on the trailer. I think that makes normies look at us and go, what the fuck is this nigga talking about? That's right? That's absolutely but like, the fact was that like, I knew the shit was in the propaganda. We got, I watched the six hours of propaganda. It's, it's very patently like what they're doing at every level. Like I can see what it is. And so it kind of becomes this thing where just like, maybe we do just need to say that these things are going to be. So have, have you ever read Super Gods? 
I have not read the entire. So thing. I've been. No, so Steve Morris, he's the editor of Shelf Dust Site, and he tweeted a couple of days ago that combo critics think too much about Grant Morrison, and he's one hundred percent right. But I've been thinking about Grant Morrison. I've been thinking about Superguns because I've been thinking about how in this book he talks about superheroes kind of having these different aspects of the gods and representing different things and being these sort of the kind of part of our grand cultural mythology in a way that like, if you like tweeted about that earnestly, like a bunch of people start dumping on you because it's, this is just some lib shit. What are you talking about right now? You know, Grant Morrison's like a wizard or chaos magician, however that works. I don't really understand it. Um, right. So I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how, like when we see these characters, we kind of have an understanding right now that these characters are going to be used as these weird propaganda tools whenever they're on film or on TV. And I think what's kind of interesting to me is that like we don't really know how they're going to be used or like why specific characters are being used to embody specific narratives. Right. right? Like a year ago, if I pop back in time to myself and I'm like, yo, like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier shows and six hours of like centrist propaganda like past me would have been like, okay, like I, that doesn't sound too far fetched to me. What's interesting to me is like, why is this character being used this way? Like, what is it about the Falcon as like a kind of blank slate where you look at this character and you go, mm, you know, it would be great if we used him to tell a story where like you're not allowed to make change with anything but speeches. Like what, I, I don't know. Like what, I don't know what about the character screams that. Like I'm just, I'm very confused about like where that's coming from. Like, it seems like some something in the transition from comic to screen. It does something very bizarre to these characters and how like the corporate powers that be use them. Right, like like they they made a Black Panther movie where he like opens a charter school like at the end. Right? It's so very fucking strange. Like like where like what. I think it's because Obama had such a visceral grasp on the liberal imagination for such a long time that all attempts at substantive change that are presented in the mainstream media have to conform to the model that he conformed to, which was just making speeches but doing nothing. And that is who Falcon is. That's who Captain America is going to be. The whole U.S. agent killing someone with the shield was very obviously supposed to be like, Steve Rogers is the America that we think we are, but this is the America that we actually are. And for them, Sam Wilson becoming Captain America is an opportunity for them to Obama the situation and ultimately say, but here's the America that we could really be. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it's just going to be that all over again. They're going to bring Sam Wilson in to make wonderful speeches and point out glaring hypocrisies, but ultimately not change very much because that's how capitalism continues. Like You have to satiate people into not actually revolting against it. And so to bring the flags smashers in and have them really have a righteous cause but go off the deep end because of course that's just what they have to do but then for sam to say no they're not terrorists they actually might be right about a few things we should make society better somewhat and fly away <laughs> like, like that that's the purpose that he's serving yeah i think the best character for me that sort of like solidifies your point is 
Carl Lumbly's character, which, yes. by the way, give him awards. Give him awards. Give him an Emmy Award. Give me all 100%. of them. I, I love that man. He's amazing. Needs more flowers. He really does. All that being said, you're not going to tell me someone that angry, that bitter, that one that has all that much history is going to sit there and cry over some statue in a museum. That nigga would be furious. I couldn't. I a complete 180. It's 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 a little insulting. I'm gonna be honest. Well, I I feel strongly about that too. But I think that I kind of want to run it back real quick because I do want to talk about Carl Lumley. But I want to I want to run it back to very to let's talk about the flag smashers, right? Like from like let's just talk about. How their kind of cause is being portrayed is very interesting, right? So it's like we have these people who are obviously they feel very strongly about the mistreatment that they feel like all these people who have been kind of displaced due to just like the reestablishment of traditional borders and governments with the return of half the population, right? I feel like the plot kind of moves along in a way to make you not really think about any of the implications of what that actually means, right? Mm. Like, we get to see Wanda Maxwell terrorize a whole town, but we don't realize that, like, people basically spent the last five years in this universe, like, without functioning governments, without strict control of borders, and now shit is getting back to normal, I guess. Like, oh, all the people we thought were dead aren't dead. I guess our economies are coming back together, whatever, whatever. Oh, and all those people who moved into our houses when we were dusted, yeah, y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go back to wherever the fuck y'all came from because this ain't cool. It doesn't really want us to think about the implications that, like, for five years, a bunch of people were essentially living in, like, a radically different world. And now that everyone is coming back, they're all just like, oh, let's pretend that didn't happen. Mm. And so now we see the Flag Smashers who were a bunch of people who were like, well, we don't actually want to pretend that didn't happen. We think the world was a little bit better. And they clearly have pull because they have a an, an, it, they have a, a semi, in, they have an international movement that's able to smuggle them across borders and provide them with resources. Like clearly, they're not just running the mill malcontents, right? Like they, they have a fairly strong movement. They got an app that the government is just having a hard time tracking for some reason, which is very goofy to me. They're good at what they're doing, and <laughs> and so, but like, so we're supposed to believe that like the flag smashers can accomplish all this, but there isn't also some sort of like domestic-based protest movement of people who are also like, wait, no, they're kind of right. Like, it was kind of weird that, like, with all these interactions between, like, Sam and his sister, Sam and, like, regular people in his town, Sam and Carl Lumbly, there's all the other characters, and sort of, like, that this, like, kind of jarring political issue never comes up, even once. You know, like, I kind of mm-hmm. expected, like, in the Sam combo with... Um, with Isaiah for Isaiah to be like, yeah, leave them flag smashers alone. They're doing the right thing. Like, like it's weird for me that we don't see this character have a point. Like, we don't see any characters have a point of view on. Like, obviously, there's a bunch of people who believe in this movement because they're willing to like help the flag smashers like all around the world. But like, you're telling me that like there wouldn't be like a DSA like don't relocate people forcibly protests in new york it's very strange the way that they're kind of like showing they're just like the way they're presenting is that like politics only exists in two realms it's what the elected officials are allowed to do and it's terrorists that's it there's no there's no middle ground like politics does not exist in between mm. those two things so already like it's sort of starting off with like this very bizarre brainwashing right like if you watch this like you really think that like your only two options to handle like the forcible relocation of like millions of people are either like letting the government handle it or just like you have to like 
become terrorists. Like, it's very odd. It's very strange. It's jarring, especially because of how they talk about Black people in the show Mm -hmm. as being here and building the country and everything. This would be the perfect opportunity if someone wanted to make change and had the shield to do it to fight for reparations and things like that. Like there's, there's so many obvious connections between the international protest movement that you're talking about and how it would impact black people specifically, especially black people that didn't get blipped. Um, It's weird. I agree with you. And it also sets a weird precedent for other movies. Like is Shang-Chi going to be post blip is it going to talk about this issue? There's no yeah. way that the Asian American community is not impacted by this. Yeah. So what it, it, it's a weird microcosm. And I and I am sympathetic because if the original plan was more so about a pandemic, but they couldn't follow through with it and they had to switch really quickly, it's understandable why the plot is weak in that regard but either way i don't think that the writers have the range to do right and that's the other thing where it's like we we, we got these moments right especially in the finale where like when carly is like oh we're gonna kill the hostages and all of our homies are just like mm, i don't know about oh, carly like it's like you know and, and they use they use that moment to kind of show us that like oh carly's clearly like crossing over the deep end she's becoming evil blah blah blah, blah. like i see that and to me it's just like Maybe it's kind of like an issue of revolutionary discipline at this point. Like they should probably have that conversation like beforehand. And the fact that Carly like <laughs> didn't bring that up beforehand, like clearly she's a bad leader. I would say that. But like it's it's legitimately mind-boggling to me that a group of people who took a super soldier serum decided to become international terrorists would all just sort of like cringe at the idea of like killing the government officials who are like about to enact the forcible armed relocation of millions of people for like essentially no reason. Right. That's the other thing, right. Where it's just sort of like the thing that the flag smashers are fighting about or fighting against is presented as being like at the very least, like neutral and at best, like logical and necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. And even like Sam at the end, he's just sort of like when Sam gives his little speech at the end, right. He never even really says that like, this thing that you're doing is wrong. He's just sort of like, if you don't fix this, he's like, I'm going to have to fight more people. Like, I don't really want to do that. Like, please just like figure it out. You know what I mean? And it flies away. It's very strange. They leave it up to the audience to decide that he's condemning it because you're right. He doesn't actually outright condemn it. And it's because they want people who are going to interpret that differently to also think that they are right. And that Sam is validating what their perspective is because, again, Obama is whatever you want Obama to be in your own head because he doesn't actually stand for anything. I think that also brings up a good point, specifically in regards to the audience. Apparently, there were a lot of people who were sympathizing with John Walker throughout every fucked up thing that he did. Because there are a lot of white people who watch these movies. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I I will will say that... (laughs) Something that frustrated me, you know, like just coming from the comics or whatever, is that like mm-hmm. I I did not find the character of John Walker to be sympathetic. No. But I will say that like I will think it was absolutely like kind of presented that way. Yep. To me, like they kind of presented it as just like, yeah, this guy signed up for a job and he didn't really know what he's doing and he's 
clearly buckling under the stress. Like that's what that's what it was kind of presented to me as, right? And even when they're kind of like giving those hints, like, oh, he's gonna take the serum and it's gonna make him evil, I was just sort of like, I don't really buy like this complete heel turn necessarily, right? Like it just they definitely encouraged a sympathetic reading of the character, I think. I don't even think the way that they present him like killing that one flag smasher is done in a way that's supposed to make it seem completely unreasonable. No. Right? I bet there's plenty of people who watch that episode who are just like, oh my God, it's so horrible John Walker did that. Who like see a video of a cop shooting a guy in the back and be like, well, the guy shouldn't run. 100%. Like, yeah. You know, and like, then I think- Sam and Bucky let him rock with them in the finale. Like he shows up to fight and at no point is Falcon like, get the fuck out of here or what are you doing here or why are you here or any number of other you're things you're under arrest like if, <laughs> you're, you're, you, I, I, it, it didn't make no damn sense because well, at the end of the well, day well, at, but, but think about it though like, so after after Walker kills that flag smasher right and like Sam and Bucky chase him down it's not like they have no authority to like arrest him right they're not operating in any no, yeah. sort of agency. And also, like, neither of them would have ever, in their time serving in the military, would have ever apprehended another soldier for doing something that was clearly unjust. Like, we, we know that about these characters. We can just tell, right? Because we know, like, who they are, how they are in these narratives. And so it's like, Sam's whole thing is like, yo, the military's going to understand. It was the heat of battle. Give me the shield, bro. Like, I got I to gotta take that from you. And I think Walker's reaction is obviously correct, right? Like, they're not really there to, like, check on him, deal with him, arrest him. That doesn't matter. Sam's just like, oh, shit, I can't have this man killing people with a shield on YouTube. I gotta take this shit from him. Like, and Bucky's there because Bucky said that in, like, the last episode. He's like, I'm gonna beat him up and take the shield. That's what I'm gonna do. (laughs) And Bucky wasn't even saying that because this guy was a murderer. Bucky was just saying it because he was just like, no, like, this guy's a clown. He can't have Steve's shield. Like, I'm gonna go take it. For Bucky, the shield is personal and represents Steve. But for Sam, it really does represent America. And that's why it's so fucked up that he is enamored with it to the point that he takes it up. I'm I'm pissed at what they did to Isaiah Bradley at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he would have appreciated or wanted that, honestly. But even if he did, whatever, I'm happy that they at least let a black man say to Sam Wilson that no self-respecting black man would take up that shield because I hope, I know that they're never going to revisit this. I know that, that they're just going to be like, okay, it's a black captain America now. And they're going to try to turn captain America four into black Panther too. But <laughs> oh, oh, that's the most cursed sentence I've heard in so long. <laughs> but oh my goodness. I just, it'll never leave my head. It's just every time I look at him, I'm just going to be thinking about no self-respecting black man would pick up that shield. <laughs> I, it, it, it it's so much to even just even down to like the comic accurateness of this suit. I'm just like, could we tone it down a little bit with the stars and stripes? Like I get it, but like, god damn. Well, the funny thing was, especially when they had like kind of included this thing about the Wakandans making the suit. Like I thought that Disney was gonna try to like maybe woke it up a little bit and like yeah, make, like, the white like, parts black or the blue parts it? black. I thought they were gonna try to be like, oh look, he's Captain America, but he's a little edgy. He's black Captain America, but they're just like nah, nah. Put him in the stars and stripes, just all Gucci. Like, I, in, in, in a lot of ways, I even think that like going the full stars and stripes is kind of like a 
is like a capitulation, right? Because if they had made really any significant changes to that, there would have been the sort of fan out, you know, fans are, and there would have been like a mm-hmm. look at Disney with the black cat. Like, I'm surprised there had, I'm sure there's been like at least one Fox News report about this, but I feel like there hasn't been the sort of usual right wing froth about this kind of more, like, like, think about like, remember when Thor came out and they got mad that Idris Elba was playing the doorman? That's that's what they got mad about. That Idris Elba was the doorman. Wait, Thor. I did not. I did not <laughs> see that discourse. People really. No, they were like, "Oh, it's so racist." They're they're it's being reverse racist that they're casting a black man as like a Norse god, and I'm just like, "What the? What do you care about the Norse gods, nigga? What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, oh my and I'm just like, and I always thought about that because I'm just like, "Yo, like, Heimdall is just a doorman, right? Like, it's not like he's." Like one of the fucking top badasses in Asgard, like he opens the door, like he's the cab driver, like he's kind of like in this inherently pretty servile role. And white people were still just like, nah, 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 that's not cool. I think they would have lost no matter what. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. If they had made it black with a little bit of like, then people would have gotten Blue Lives Matter out of it, and that would have been a whole thing. I, I get the conundrum that they were in with that. I just think. The comic Sam has some more open disdain yes. that I would have appreciated. I knew this was inevitable going into it. Mm-hmm. I also just was hoping that that tension would remain. Yeah, like leave us on something to, for the next thing. It just kind of was like, all right, fancy speech, and I'm Captain America now, and that's it. Everything's resolved. What threw me off was in the, in the second or last episode, when so Bucky shows up in Louisiana and he's got the he's got the Wakandan briefcase, right? Of just like the Captain America suit he had them make. Right. And then he gives that sort of speech to um he gives that speech to Sam about how like, hey, me and Steve didn't really realize like what asking a black man to be Captain America would like really be like, sorry about that. And Anthony Mackey plays it. I've watched. I've actually watched this scene multiple times. I actually think this is some like really interesting acting from Anthony Mackie, which is probably not something that people say a lot. But I, I really do Yo, think like, come on, now. I really, I, come on, no, 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 no. the man, <laughs> especially in this series, he has not. He's not been doing his thing. He's not been flexing his chops, right? What I'll I'll let that slide. The way he plays it in the scene, right? You see him kind of tense up when Bucky starts talking, right? And then he's sort of like super uncomfortable through the whole conversation, right? But it's not that sort of like, oh my God, I got to talk about race with my white friend, uncomfortableness, right? It feels very much like he's uncomfortable that Bucky is apologizing for not considering the racial implications of asking a black man to be Captain America, right? Almost as if he feels like, no, 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 y'all guys didn't do anything wrong. I'm the one who's wrong for like, getting in my head about becoming Captain America and giving the shield away to the museum. Which, like, I do think that, like, he really was bugging to, like, he just didn't go give the shield to the museum. Like, they wasn't going to immediately just make the new white Captain America. Like, if he had told his sister that, she would have been like, you know they're going to make a white Captain America <laughs> six months, right? Like, like she actually no, would have been like, like, they're going to cast Brad Pitt. They're just going to find some white man to be Captain America. Like, just keep that shit in the closet if you don't want it, but don't give it to them, right? Yeah. And so, like, the way he played... His reaction, and then it's like, it's even weirder because Bucky gives this apology, but like, he still went and had a Captain America suit made for this Negro without talking to him about it. <laughs> like, that's so weird, right? <laughs> like, that's so strange. He's like, yo, I'm sorry we asked you to do this racially 
I'm sorry we asked you to do this thing that's going to like put the crosses on your back. Also, here's your outfit to go do that thing. It's made out of vibranium, so at least the black hole bounce is. off. I hope is it? I don't know. The, I don't know if the Wakanda is trying to give out vibranium like that. Like for Sam, I, I hope so. I think <laughs> the this goes. I hope Killmonger had put a somewhat of an impression on the niggas because can't be out here. I think this goes back to something that Cedric <laughs> was the, the very first episode. He was like, "Oh my god." this isn't about to happen regarding the bank loan. And I was like, absolutely, this is about to happen. (laughs) And then it happened, and he was really mad. He was like, I can't believe this happened. I was like, but that's real. And I think that one of the funniest parts about this is that while the takeaway does not at all reflect the reality of what happens during the series, because again, Obama... They didn't lie about all that shit because Bucky is so white that that didn't even occur to him. And that would absolutely really happen. I've absolutely had white people be like, you know, not to be racist, but here's a racist compliment. And it's like, how do you, (laughs) you've clearly thought about the fact that I might find this racist, but you really are compelled to say it anyway. And I think that there's something that Black people know and deal with all the time from Mm -hmm. everyone. And I am impressed by the degree to which they were plain Jane about how a lot of Black people feel, even if Captain Coon over here was, you know, was was trying to wash all that away. You know what? It it almost, to me, kind of feels like Joker and that, like, they did the homework, they, they cited their sources, but the conclusion that we got to was like, what the fuck? Like, did you not even read the paper that you wrote? And you got to the conclusion, and you're like, what is going on here? I don't, this is not clicking. Something's not clicking. When you play up like the malicious behavior of individuals, like like that bank loan, that, that bank loan office was a great example, right? Because like this man really was just like, I'm not giving your black ass alone. Can I get a selfie? Like <laughs> the way they would have had to fucking drag my fucking ass to jail for something. <laughs> I would have come back with the wings and be like, I'm going to slap you until you give me a load. I'm going to slap you with the wings. Like, I would, that I would, was violent. That was violent. <laughs> no, but to me, it's like, I think because like, so it's like, we get that, for example. All throughout the series, and I think James um, James Whitbrook, I believe, who writes for IO9, just mentioned this. And it was something that I was thinking about too in an article he just wrote about himself and for soldiers that like, all of the examples we always get in this narrative of sort of like malicious behavior right that's like racist classes whatever whatever like it's always kind of filtered through this hyper individual lens and that's what mm. liberals like right they love to be able to say that is a bad cop that is a bad teacher that is a bad loan officer doctor blah 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 but the system itself is good right and the sort of reinforcement of their belief in the system is always this idea that people can simply be retrained for you to think that like speeches and like retraining and like um reading white fragility is going to like make things better. It's like, you have to really believe that like people are good inherently and that we just live in a system that's like slightly broken and it's getting better every day. And it's just sort of like, I would say that like most black people kind of find that hard to take. And one of the things that frustrated me about the show was it didn't tell me why Sam Wilson believes that. Yes. It didn't. There was no, there was no instance where it's just like, give me a corny ass flashback moment of like some white cop being nice to Sam and that just made him believe in the system. Give me something to like make me see why this man is a coon. 
Like it's just like it's just inherent in his behavior. Like I don't understand. Like what? Like show me him in fifth grade class, and his teacher gives him a lesson about Captain America, and that's why he's so like enamored and enthralled by the shield, right? Like it's so. You know, it's funny. Like a couple of years ago, I was talking about Captain America: The Winter Soldier with my my homegirl, homegirl Marianne, and so she had like she's not like a big Marvel head or whatever. I asked her what she thought about the movie, and she was like, "It's the most racist movie I've ever seen in my life." And I was just like, "Whoa, that's that's a take that I thought that I wouldn't even make, right?" In so my what, life. Do you, what, do you, what do you mean, right? And she's like, "What do you mean by that?" And she's just like, and she kind of puts this voice on. She's just like, "I do what he does, just slower." Like, and she's just like, she's like, she felt like the Falcon character was just this kind of like weird, kind of like paternalistic black sidekick, right? She just really did not like the way he was coming across and the whole narrative. Mm. And I, I was watching the show and I texted her because I was looking back on it. I'm just like, yo, you might have been right about that movie, right? Because I'm thinking about this character, Sam Wilson, now. And it's just sort of like, if you think about his sort of arc of the Marvel movies, right? Like, he fights Hydra because Captain America asked him to. He joins the Avengers because Captain America asked him to. He only really opposes the the Sokovia Accords on the grounds that Cap- seemingly that Captain America is against them too, right? And so it's just sort of like, we've never really seen this character. And now he's like Captain America because I think this is supposed to kind of be the break in his arc where we're supposed to see this character make a decision on his own that's not based on something that like Captain America did or Captain America asked him to do. Mm-hmm. And like, he's not really able to do it. Right. It seems like he only really becomes Captain America, not because Steve Rogers said, I want you to be Captain America, but because like Carl Umbley was just like, I don't believe in this system. I don't believe in this flag. I don't believe in this country. And you're a dumbass for believing those things. You should not be Captain America. And it seems like that is really the thing that made him want to be Captain America. Right. To sort of like redeem the system that like we still don't know why he believes in. Like there's not a single example. Like, and we, we are supposed to believe that he only believes in it. Because of Steve Rogers, like that doesn't even make sense. Because as far as he knew, like, what what did he know about Steve Rogers before like he literally met the motherfucker? Like nothing. Like as far as we know. Like it's very bizarre. Like I don't like I just need them, like it just seemed like very lazy writing. Like he just loves America because he's just a good Negro. He loves America. And, you know, he just does what Cap does, but slower. Like it's just it's weird. This is how all propaganda works, in my perspective. I am regretfully, shamefully, whatever watching a lot of Law & Order because <laughs> the Elliot Stabler show is actually good. <laughs> and I is he still get... doing police brutality on the regular? Well, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a question. <laughs> he, he has a new spinoff show all about organized crime. I, I, and, I, yes, I see. Yeah. And it's, it's actually good because it breaks from the Law & Order format. It's really just a show about organized crime that takes place in the Law & Order universe. It's not structured the same way at all. So it's good. But I've been watching a lot of SVU because I wanted to understand how the past was going to happen because it had a backdoor pilot in SVU. And in every single episode, the cops are constantly talking about why they should be abolished and giving concrete examples for why they shouldn't exist and how ineffectual they are and how they can't do anything about the larger social problems in the world. But at the end of the day, they always want to put someone in jail and make them stay there as long as possible. And it's just so wild the way that they will illustrate exactly what's wrong with the system. And then for no reason other than the writer said so, the system needs to win at the end of the day to reinforce like 
to people's belief in it because every single victim that they encounter doesn't believe in the system. And it's just excruciating to watch that dichotomy get portrayed in a Marvel movie so blatantly. Like, not to say that there hasn't been militarism and propaganda in the MCU, but I think this show really served directly as propaganda and specifically like imperialist propaganda in a lot of different ways. Mm. If I had read this as a six-issue comic book miniseries, number one, I think even as a miniseries, this would have been better because I think there's a general, like, higher overall level of writing in Marvel comics than there are in, like, Marvel television and film productions, right? And, like, you know, number one, like, they just, I think those writers are just more talented. The editors let them do a little more things. And there's also general less big corporate oversight over what they can and can't do, right? Number one. Number two, that level of nuance that this show doesn't have, it doesn't feel like, oh, it's a matter of format, blah, blah, blah. It just feels like what we get in these productions, it feels malicious and overt. It feels just like, oh, you wanted this representation with the Falcon or Black Panther? Well, you have to eat this neoliberal shit to get it. It's not just like, oh, the nuance was left out. Like, you like you guys saw that tweet. I did have to mute Simu Liu after that tweet. I really you, didn't all right. No, so he basically he basically tweeted about, like, the Falcon family. He's just like, look, it really just shows that, like, there's a way to find solutions from the center without, like, becoming, like, a radical, essentially. That was just, right, he, he literally echoed the exact thing that I was like, am I, am I crazy for seeing this in the show? He said it. He straight up just said it, right? Yeah. And to see it from like, the only thing that would have been crazier is if like Anthony Mackie had tweeted that himself. It's sort of like, like I feel like Anthony Mackie would have never tweeted that. Because I feel like someone on his team would have been like, yo, they're going to eat you live if you tweet that. Just don't say nothing. Say you were glad to be in the show. Keep it moving. Post some pictures of the costume. Keep it rocking. And like, you know, I don't know what this act, this other actor's deals with his representation like in terms of like his team or whatever but like anybody should have been able to tell him that there was an eat him alive in the quotes we're tweeting some nonsense like that but like he sincerely believed that in his heart like he took that that centrist liberal ass message from the show and he was just like yes this is the correct way to be like we only make speeches we do not actively change things with our own hands and anyone who wants to do those things is bad he just tweeted that out he just tweeted it out it's crazy yeah, he did he did tweet the quiet part out loud. And I think especially about like representation is like, well, what does it actually give us when we just throw black people into things? And I'm looking at you, Luna Waith. Um it's 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 empty. This is really what the problem is, is that the problem really isn't representation, is it? It's it's deeper than that. I just feel like it's the theme of the show, is that we just can't expect anything change-worthy to ever really happen in these big, giant corporate things. And I don't expect right. that to happen. I think where I'm at now is I don't even want them to try. And that, and I said that at the beginning. I was like, look, I really just would rather y'all not talk about race. Just give me some fighting, give me some action, give me some good writing, and let's keep it moving. I don't want to hear what y'all think about race. And I enjoyed I, and after, the hell out of the episode other than the talking. Yeah, and at the end of all this, I still feel that way. I hope Captain America 4, they don't even talk about the fact that he's a nigga. I mean, I mean, I well, no, well, for me, the problem becomes, like, I don't want Malcolm Spellman to write Captain America 4. Like, I'm like, I've seen your writing. I saw six hours of it. I'm good. 
Like let's uh let's give somebody else a shot. Let's bring back the Russo brothers, maybe. Like I'm sorry, like if we're really gonna be if we're really gonna start being honest about representation, right? At the end of the day, like if like I'm being told that like this piece of art is supposed to be somehow representing a specific black point of view that's like fundamentally not any different than like what Rachel Maddow would say. Then what does it matter to me if a black man wrote this? It really doesn't, right? Like let, let a white man write it, a white woman, whoever, whatever. Like at a certain point, it's just sort of like, like it's like you said, like I don't expect these productions to be like spouting revolutionary ideas, right? Like I don't expect that at all. But I think that when, as we've seen the last couple of years, where like you specifically position radical, or even what some people would call like progressive ideas at a certain point right like i think when you're positioning all sort of like the desire to make social change as in and of itself being like the sign of an easily corruptible person i think that's malicious like i don't want like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't let like if i had a kid i wouldn't let them watch a show like i'm like i'm like it's a show about Mm -hmm. a a mercenary who kills people and then dresses up with a flag at the end no you don't get to watch that like sorry like you could just and it's, it's hard for me to say this as someone who like still like loves and enjoys comics, right? Because I think we have sort of seen like the whole thing with Sam Wilson being Captain America in the comics, where people were just like, like there was all this pushback to it, right? But I remember when it happened, and like, and Nick Spencer is writing his book, and I'm like, this dude is a white libertarian, like it's not like we're gonna get anything super good from this comic, and I and I kind of dipped out of it right around the time where Sam like both sides did like a private police beating story arc that happened. And I'm just like, I don't want to keep reading this garbage, but at least like when Marvel is publishing that story, right. Regardless of what like the right wing judge is saying, Marvel's not trying to tell me this is what Marvel's not trying to sell me this Captain America book as being progressive and good and important for representation. Generally, I still have very strong memories of when the truth, red, white, and black came out. Right when the story came out, when it was published, and I, I was maybe like 10, 11, 12, I was like 11, 12, 13. And I distinctly remember just like seeing all of the racist, racist vitriol that fans were saying online about that story. Mm. Cause I remember, cause like, you know, I'd gone to comic, I, I grew up going to a comic book store. I never once felt out of place, made fun of any, like, I went to the comic book store, we were all nerds. Right, I was one of the only black nerds, but I always thought that was a mm-hmm. egalitarian space I was in. But then seeing all this shit like online about this story, because I remember like I was, I was like at the dentist, and I found like a some some magazine just ran a ran a story about the truth. Right, Director Morales talked about how there was like a, a fan outcry when the story came out. Right, how people did get upset about it, and so I went online and just looked stuff up, and I was just like, oh my fucking god! I'm like, they were pretty conciliatory and just calling it an outcry because I'm seeing just like some racist ass memes before there were memes. Like I've definitely saw a bunch of Captain Coon comments, you know, and like it's weird to sit here in 2021 and be like, oh Captain Coon. Cause it just makes me think of like, I don't want to like I don't want any of those fucking dickheads to feel vindicated anyway, because the truth is actually a very good, well written, beautifully illustrated comic book story about the sort of like racist history of medical experimentation on black people in this country and mm-hmm. the way that Captain America has actually worked into that story is so 
it's so much more nuanced than you're ever going to get than like a mainstream kind of Marvel comic, right? Like they don't just slap you in the face with like Steve Rogers is, is investigating evil because he's woke or blah, blah, blah. Like, it kind of just happens like in the middle of the story that like Captain America shows up and he's just like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? But like when these TV shows come out and these movies come out and they're just like, this is good. This is important. The black kids need to see these things. We're going to crowdfund to send these to black kids. And it just makes me wonder like, is it? good is it important like i don't want this like i don't want this like i like it's weird to say that like i don't want like and i love cape shit i love the cape garbage i really do i love it like you said like i enjoyed <laughs> it's the falcon he's flying around he's got wings he's throwing the shield and this the shield makes even less sense now he can fly and he's throwing around and still catching it like but it's like i don't want this like i don't want this to exist i don't want this out in the world anymore it very much is to me like the representation is just like what a few black people think about what it is. And it is very frustrating to be like, okay, this is what like all black people feel like. And I think, you know, a large part of it is just that we don't think about whiteness as a race. So like they could do whatever the fuck they want. And it doesn't have to be like this big, like, this is what the whites think about this situation. But every time we talk about race, it's like, this is what the blacks are going through. And I'm just, it's, it's just, I mean, honestly, the whole series was, pretty exhausting to get through. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I just... The capital R representation with the little TM trademark at the end is just, like, is exhausting. The thing that I've kind of kept coming back to in my head that I haven't really been able to, like, put, like, a super cogent thought on was, like, it didn't miss me that, like, the Flag Smashers were, like, a group of, like, multi-racial, young, somewhat woke people, right? And it's sort of we see them positioned against this dude who works for the state and he's teamed up with a white man from the forties. And you know, you're right. It literally is Obama, right? It's literally Mm -hmm. Obama and Joe Biden. Like actually now that I think about it, like that's just Bucky, like her like representing this narrative, like them teaming up to just like, look at the kids who want the world to be better and be like, nah, incorrect. Can't be right. No, you're right. I I don't want to take so long to hit it. I'm like, yo, Bucky is literally Joe Biden. Like Bucky's just literally Joe That's what I find infinitely frustrating about it is that he's not they're not even saying no, that can't be done. You're not you're not right. They're saying they are right. It's just that everything that they're doing to get us to understand that they're right is wrong. And so we have to oppose them and what they stand for. It's it's like <laughs> it's like Hillary Clinton 2016 gloating about the work that she did on healthcare in the 90s. It doesn't matter anymore. If you're not willing to fight for what's right right now, what's the point of whether you were right a few years ago or not? It's irrelevant. So I I find what they've done just to be very frustrating. I try to turn my brain off when I watch these things. Yeah. Um, this one, I think, was the most aggressive in trying to talk about social issues. And I'm glad they went as far as they did. Like it's like it's like the Black Panther situation oh, with with Michael B. Jordan and Killmonger. Like, they let him say a lot of cool stuff that I'm glad they let him say, but they made him arbitrarily evil in a weird way to justify killing him off and saying that he's wrong. And (laughs) you're completely right about the charter school at the end. We can't actually solve the problems or we wouldn't need superheroes anymore. (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) are they just recreating the nonprofit? 
<laughs> they did, they did. But it's Jesus Christ. No, it's you know, I think that like you know, and like I've had a lot of friends ask me over the years, like why like why bother reading comics, right? Like why why I care about superhero comics at all. And I think for me it's that at the end of the day, whether a superhero comic is good, whether it's bad, what you're fundamentally gonna get is a story about good confronting evil, right? And even if like you don't agree with how the writer conceives of those things or of how that fight should be fought, how it should be won, all, all those sort of details, whatever the nuances are. Like, I think it's still good to kind of have that core at the heart of like the genre that's like driving it forward. And I think what we've like increasingly seen with these Marvel movies, especially as they've been like veering into the realm of representation, right? Like we with Black Panther, Captain Marvel, now this show, maybe even Miss Marvel looking ahead to that, what's going to happen with this show, right? Like, it sort of seems like they've given up on this idea as, they, as they've embraced representation. They've given up on this idea that, like, evil is actually a thing that's meant to be confronted. You can highlight it, you can point it out, but, like, suggesting a solution to the problem makes you almost as bad as the problem now. And it's sort of just like, what? That's not a very good... It's not like a good social message. Like literally, like what did Sam like actually cut? Like he didn't actually stop the flag smashers, right? He didn't do anything to prevent them from getting murdered. Didn't realize that like his homie ex shorty is the actual evil behind all this situation, right? Like all he really did was like talk to the right people and get some big symbolic gestures passed, right? Like the GRC says they're going to change their policies, but we don't know what their policies are going to change to. I don't know who Sam had to talk right. to to get a get a statue put up of Isaiah in that museum, but like that, even that to me was so bizarre, right? Where it's just like, oh, that's all it took. All Sam had to do was go talk to someone, and it changed like this sort of idea that like the, the right person needs to be in the right role and wearing the right thing, talk to the right person, and then we'll see social change. And like that's sick. Like, I don't want anyone to like walk away and think that's like the real message, right? Like. The world belongs to us and we should be allowed to change it with our hands whenever we want together. Like it should not be up to these sort of radical, empowered individuals, right? And, and I think people would say that and say, oh, then why do you like comics? And I think that like it's important for us to see individuals stand up to evil all the time, right? I think that's an important cultural narrative. I don't think you can really build a basis for the idea of collective action without understanding the power that individuals have individually, right? And now thinking, okay, well, we can do more with that together, right? But when we're getting these narratives of just like individuals standing up to evil and going, eh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, what, like, what does that, where does that leave us? Like, as a culture, like, I think it's, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I don't want, I don't want to live in a culture that's dominated by those narratives. Like, it's, I don't like where that's going. I think that's a beautiful, way to describe the philosophical and ethical conversation around these. I have to also say, I don't really feel the need to justify why I still like comic movies, despite you being hundred percent correct about the inherent conflict in what I believe personally and politically about our reality versus my entertainment and yeah. what I do to escape that reality and have fun in a different world. 
I like superhero shit because I like superhero shit. And that's really all that there is to it. I'm going to watch every superhero movie that comes <laughs> out and I'm going to enjoy at least some part of it. When you when you made that comment about if you have any love for the Justice League, you're going to enjoy Zack Snyder's Justice League. That really opened my heart because mm. I was ready to block that blessing. But I had a lot of fun <laughs> watching that movie because I decided that I was just going to have fun watching the movie instead of, you know, anticipating the ways in which it was bad. And there were a lot of Lots ways very bad. in which it was really bad. But I had fun with it at the end of the day. And that's what I choose to do with some of this stuff. Speaking to your point about calling it propaganda before it even comes out, et cetera, I don't think that people are wrong to do that. I do think that the the instinct is to dunk on it, not because you have a principled opposition, but because everyone else is excited about it and you just want to be a contrarian. I think a lot of leftist Twitter politics is just contrarianism. That's <laughs> But... <laughs> <laughs> but yep. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether or not you're right or wrong, not because the MCU doesn't have an impact and we shouldn't be calling out like major franchises that are contributing to bad things, but also because I'm so sorry, I'm always going to buy a ticket to see <laughs> some Captain nigga America in a suit lying around. Fighting people. Absolutely. I'm going to go and watch that. On day one. Day one. I'm buying a midnight. Honestly, movie. I see. I, and I, I completely understand that because that's where <laughs> I've been for a long time, too. Because like there is like that visceral level where it's like, yo, I do. There is that visceral level. Like When he came out of the Captain America suit, I'm just like, all right, I still think this outfit looks dumb but it's cool that this is on screen and it's live action and you know there is a sort of like enjoyment of the superhero the genre and the narrative but i guess for me it's just sort of like this escape into this sort of defeatism is making it like harder and harder for me i think to like really just mindlessly enjoy it you know it's it's like i'm just wondering like like as soon as i saw the captain america 4 announcement i was like yo and they're just like written by Malcolm Spellman. I was just like, no, I'm like, I don't, want, I don't want more. I'm like, I don't want more of this from him. Like, I don't, like, I don't want it. Like, I don't. I'm just like, bring back the Russos. Maybe I'll start a, a right wing campaign. Maybe I'll join up with the comic skate guys. I don't know. Like, I'm not. No, I'm not gonna do that. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Not, not, yeah, not that my earnest hope is that they at least continue with the U.S. agent as far-right extremist reactionary person, like, thread. Because I do think that that's what they're setting up Madam Hydra and him to be doing is just some, like, counterculture subversive shit that is going to be Ben Shapiro-esque. That, that's, what, that's my only real hope for the, for the next installment. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to see John Walker. In the movies, like I hope he gets to do like a Thunderbolt show, or and I and I'll you know I'll say I actually think Wyatt Russell did one of like had one of the better performances like in this show. Like I've never seen him in anything before. I've seen a lot of people saying that Lat Lodge for Nine show that he's in was good. So I'm gonna check it out based on the strength of his performance. I don't want to see him in the next Cat movie. I just think you can do some interesting things with that character, and and I wonder if Marvel is gonna be willing to even go in a sort of like right wingy direction with that character on screen because like like i said like i really think that the character was presented in a way where it's just like that you can tell they want to keep him around for a long time and i don't think they left it impossible to create uns- like sympathetic readings of him because i mean i think even in this final episode we got a walker like somewhat redemption arc right like when you mentioned it earlier when he sort of 
there's that back and forth between him and Carly where she says Carly, his life didn't matter. And he's just like, yes, Lamar's life matter. Like, I think there was, that was very much them setting up like, yo, well, Carly is bad and John Walker is good. You know, they're kind of giving that to you. Like, isn't he good? Because he right. thinks a black life matters. Isn't that enough? He only killed a maybe <laughs> Middle Eastern-ish guy. We don't even know what that guy was. And he was a terrorist. You know, they were just kind of setting it up. They're like, do you really hate John Walker? He thinks BLM. He's got the sign in front of his house. You got a Meghan Markle wife. Like, you believe in him. Come on. You know? Like, I think there's interesting places they could take that character. But, like, I don't think long form, like, Marvel's just like, oh, we're going to make him the right wing boom like he is in the comics. Like, I don't think they're going to. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, um, like, Christopher Priest is writing, I believe right now is writing a John Walker miniseries. And, like, he's just running around, like, throwing his boot, like, shielded people, calling them racial slurs. Like, it's pretty entertaining. Chris is writing him as just, like, is an explicitly, like, racist piece of shit where, like, who has, like, a bunch of bootleg shields because they always keep breaking. Like, he's just, like, really leaning into, like, that direction for the character. Um, and, and, and Marvel just let him make the show, I think that would be dope. But I don't know. I might yeah. have to check that shit I out. I would be very down for that. <laughs> oh, man. I think... I think... Is the last time we spoke, like, right before COVID, and we were talking about um, Novi News so. and how it had, like, the, the pandemic plotline in that game. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking back to that conversation and being like, wow, it's weird we talked about this pandemic game and then the world just got real weird. I was kind of wondering, like, I don't know. I feel like I wonder if, society, you know, like uh, like Val says in the episode, like, I think things are going to get weird. I think, I think we're moving in a weird direction socially. And uh, I think when these are the narratives that, like, we kind of have, we're going to respond to them in weird ways, too. You know, like, I just think about, like, I don't know if you've seen those videos of the Extinction Rebellion people, like, very slowly breaking the windows at banks with hammers and chisels. And I'm just like, damn, y'all gentrify breaking windows. Like, like this is where we're going right now as a society, right? Like people, people have all kind of not to go on Adam Curtis about it, but people have kind of lost the ability to like make change together as a collective. I think we're going to increasingly see these kind of defeatist narratives come out of the political mainstream. Hmm. Well, I think that there's a lot for us to think about. We'll have to see what happens in the future uh, with these characters, with this universe. I think Loki is going to be a pretty wild detour from these conversations. I can't fucking see. Leave. I like I that because it's not Loki's oh. not going to be talking about racism. He's not going to be confronting no. the problematic history of America. No, like he's just going to go go be a no. villain. Time traveling. Let's fucking go. Um, be a, a, a time villain. I, I'm ready. Love to see it. I'm so ready. And I cannot wait to. I cannot wait to see the first. Why won't Loki undo slavery? Take. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Loki stop slavery? We're gonna get that take. And so they're gonna be here. Because Loki's like slavery is cool. It makes sense to me. <laughs> see what the problem is. Oh god. Well, we'll we'll have to <laughs> consider having you back the next time something in this universe blows up because I'm sure it will not be too long before. Indeed, that indeed. Thank you both for having me. Appreciate. Any time, Jay. You have an open invitation. Oh open yes. Invitation. Let me get back on when we talk about uh, when those Mass Effect reboots drop. Try to talk about Mass Effect. Yeah, I think we can manage that. <laughs>